This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. And what's up, everybody? I hope you all had an amazing Thanksgiving and all that jazz. It is officially now Christmas time. Mariah has thawed. We are here. (laughs) Um, Okay, guys, aside from all the holiday stuff, today's guest is so funny. We have Lee Schrager here, who is the founder of FoodieCon, South Beach Food and Wine Fest, um, the New York Food and Wine Fest, all the things. And we're here to talk about his journey in food, his favorite holiday dishes, and our love of the creator QCP, who you all need to look him up and follow him. He is amazing. But that is another episode for another millennia. We are here to talk about FoodieCon and Lee's story. So if you like food, if you like creators, if you just want to hang out and still trying to, you know, wake up from all the food you ate last week, this is the episode for you. So grab a seat and grab a chair. You could grab a turkey sandwich that's left over. And let's get into today's episode with Lee. Lee, welcome to the show. How are you? It is good to see you again. Happy almost Thanksgiving. No, I was going to say Mazel Tov, but that is not the holiday. (laughs) (laughs) What were you going to say, Uh, Mazel Tov? Yeah, I don't know. It felt right. (laughs) Well, Mazel Tov to you, too. (laughs) Um, Before we get started, we always like to start with the question, um, what the term young influential means to you, and it can be whatever you want it to be. Young influencer. So to me, young influencer means anyone younger than me. <laughs> leaves it wide open. Uh, influencer, I think anyone that has a, I'd like to think a knowledge and a strong respected opinion in my sense, you know, in the food world. I mean, everyone thinks they're a food critic today and everyone thinks <laughs> they're an influencer if they have, you know, 10 followers. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think to me, an influencer is really someone who is knowledgeable enough to speak intelligently about the subject at hand. And again, in my case, it's wine and food. I love that. 
Um, before we get into all the cool stuff that you're up to, take us back to childhood, Lee. Like, what was the role that like food played in your life growing up? Were you a big uh, food foodie back then, or how did it play a role? I think I was a foodie back then. I mean, I you know I had a Susie homemaker oven, and I used to. Uh, Bake cakes and sell them in the neighborhood. I had like uh, two or three ovens going at all time, and I had slushy machines and deep fry, you know, little kids deep fryers that would make French fries. And so, yeah, I always, you know, had food stands going on in my backyard that used to sell to the neighborhood kids. Um, my, you know, my mom uh, is a great cook. What, you know, certainly was a great cook when I was growing up, and uh, I spent some time in the kitchen with her. So I, I'd have to say that, you know, I really did have a very early you know, liking and commitment to, you know, uh, all things uh, delicious. I love that. Did you have like a specialty? Were you more leaning towards baking or were you more of like a cook cook? Like what was your kind of favorite? You know, interestingly enough, when my parents would go on vacation every year, they always went away and we always had this lady. uh, Her name was Mrs. C. And it stood for Cat and Zero. She was this old Italian lady, or at least she looked old to me then. Um, (laughs) And she was a great Italian cook and she would take care of my brothers and I. So we were three boys and she would take care. And I learned how to, you know, the first time I ever smelled yeast was with her in a kitchen. And so my love, you know, at that point for pasta, not pasta, but for pizza and doughs and garlic bread all came from making fresh, you know, uh, breads with Mrs. Catanzaro and pizzas and, you know, great Italian food and pastas. So that was really, you know, early commitment. I really didn't cook with my mother growing up. I kind of followed her and watched her and liked to see what she was doing. Um, it was really only after I went to cooking school at the Culinary Institute where I would come home and cook with her on holidays. Oh, that's so that's so cool. So, how did you start to learn more about like the business aspect of it? Like, did you I, well, I, I, you know, the Culinary Institute of America is where I got a you know kind of uh, my really my uh, teeth you know uh, wet in in the culinary world, and then from there I went on to a hospitality management program at Florida International University FIU. Um, so I'm you know I guess classically trained as a chef, and I have a hospitality ba- management background as well. Oh, that's so cool. So. I know you we you started FoodieCon this year, but how did I know you're also the founder of Sobe Food and Wine, which I've attended in the past. So how did that concept come about? Because I feel like a lot of people are probably like, we, why why would anybody need something like that? Like, kind of, how did that idea come about? You know, I was actually at the New York Festival. You know, last a year ago, October, so about you know 14 months ago, I was at our sister festival in New York that I also created, and I was standing out there talking to a group of friends. And I saw this big line of people waiting to get into the Capital One tent. Uh, Capital One's uh, our presenting sponsor. And I said, what are all these people in line for? And I walked over. I had no idea what they were doing. And I saw that they had some of these influencers in their tent. And people were lined up to meet. I think they had Grossi Pelosi. They had brunch with Babs and I think a third person. And I'm like, wow, these people have such pull, all these long lines. Um, And it kind of just stood out in my mind. And it happened to be the same weekend as BravoCon. And I have lots of, I have a very close friend or two who are Bravo divas and, you know, on Bravo, <laughs> on Bravo shows. And I, I remember because they were going back and forth to their Bravo events and then coming over to the festival. And all of a sudden I said, God, it would really be great to create like a foodie con. And that's exactly how the idea came up. I didn't even know what it was or what it meant or what it could be or should be or will be. Uh, it's just a name that I liked. And a few days later, when I got back to Miami, I 
kind of looked uh, into if the name was even available. And it was, surprisingly enough. And I bought the name, or we bought the name, the festivals bought the name FoodieCon. And so I had a name, and I didn't know what to do with it from there. And I kind of just brought on some people who were much more knowledgeable in the in, uh, in the uh, uh, you know, tech world and specifically in the influencer world, food and uh, beverage influencer world, brought them aboard to help me create FoodieCon. And that's really how it came about last year in South Beach for year one and now at uh, New York City year one. And now we're just finalizing or finalized the talent for South Beach year two, moving it to a bigger location. The response was amazing and really just trying to grow on it. And kind of like the festival, we didn't know what we were doing. And five years later, we had the biggest wine and food event in the country. And I hope that FoodieCon spins off to maybe its own event, maybe not part of the festivals down the road, or maybe we'll always be part. I don't, I don't know yet. Too early to tell. No, that's and you bringing up Bravo. I have to like backtrack a little bit. Do you have do you do you have a favorite Bravo show franchise of the Housewives? Like I have to first. I have get never into that. ever <laughs> ever ever watched one. What? Uh, never watched. Uh, you were missing out. No, I, I know, and you know, Andy's a great friend of mine. I've been an Andy show a bunch of three times as a bartender, and Luann is probably one of my closest friends. I've never seen her on. TV, unless I walked into a room and it was playing or, but no, oh, I, I've never, I've never watched the show. And interestingly enough, last year, probably a year ago, I was at a restaurant in Miami and I ran into, I was finishing uh, dinner with a good friend of mine who's a Broadway producer. His name is Richard J. Alexander. And Richard and I were having uh, dinner at a restaurant in Miami and we're walking out and it goes, oh, look who's there. It was Marisol Patton from Miami. Uh, I love, yeah. I who love I've known her. forever, you know, long before yeah. she was whatever she is on that. And we walked right over. We didn't see cameras filming. We honestly did not see cameras. And we walked right into filming and she's kind of going, hey, I'm filming. And we walked away. They said, no, no, keep it going. And they, they kind of added mics or right on boomed us with mics and we ended up to be on the show which was i think oh i remember wait okay you, i remember that now yeah that that uh, yeah that was you wait it, that's so funny it was totally people <laughs> don't believe it was unplanned but it would never i mean totally unplanned and i i you know i never realized the or understood or recognized how popular those shows were but I had hundreds of people texting me that they saw me. This is before when it was on Peacock, not even on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Originally, mm -hmm. I, I've gotten more play out of being on a minute abroad. I guess a minute, maybe I, it could have been 30 seconds. It could have been three hours. I didn't saw, watch it. Um, but so many people um, talked about that experience. And there was even a show out of L.A., where they kind of recap all of the housewives. I don't remember what it's called. But it's like a real radio show mm -hmm. where they kind of recap each of the shows. And a friend sent me a link when they were talking about me. They said, oh, they can't believe, you know, uh, you know, how stupid for me to pe think that people would believe that I just walk into that. And I actually called into the show and said, hey, believe <laughs> me, I just walk into that. <laughs> No, it's I it's it's because like uh here in New York they're always filming stuff and it is so easy. It really is so easy to just like walk up on a set. I, I did not see it. Yeah. I, I, be, I believe you because yep. they're always filming stuff like around our office and then when you're just walking around here they're always somebody's filming something. So yeah, no, absolutely. I completely believe I I believe you. Yeah. Well, thank you. I have one person to believe. Thank you, Colin. Um but no, um and I and I love Luann. Um mm -hmm. Gotta keep it classy. Uh, and money can't buy a class. That's right. <laughs> um, but no, that's so cool. And I think you brought up a good point. Like, I feel like for me, I'm kind of just now stepping into 
the foodie creator world. And it, that is so true. It really is growing. Like, I feel like now we're seeing so many creators pop up. Like, there's Nick. Giovanni. Uh, yeah, him. Uh, QCP. They were, both at, they were both at the New York. Yeah, Festival. they both were there. Yeah. Okay, I'm really upset because I'm now obsessed with QCP's content. And I think I missed his session or I was talking during his session. And now I'm like, dang, like, I wish I like was not distracted or whatever, because I now cannot. I love his I love his content. Yeah, I was just texting him before you got on the phone. Before I got on, I was texting him about. Something. No, I. Yeah, because I saw he just announced his tour where he's going to Miami. He's doing a, New York and a three cities, city. three cities. Yeah. 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 He'll be here in a few weeks, two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I I have to like make my way to whenever he comes to New York. Hopefully, I'm around. Yes, he's he's very hot. <laughs> no, oh my god, yes. <laughs> I was like, that's a whole nother episode. But I feel like there's a trend aside from like the hot chefs like him, Nick, and all the others. But just a rise of like foodie content creators. Do you think that's something that more doing now, like since like post COVID, where people were spending more time at home and and able to cook and do stuff, or do you think? This is a trend that kind of has always been the realm, and it's just now catching wave into like the food world. And no, I, I, I listen. I think a lot of it came to life during COVID when a lot of people were at home. People like you know um, uh, Linja, uh, you know, a great influencer. Um, it, it happened during COVID, her being at home. Um, I think what's happened is that people have seen how lucrative it can be and how you know, what type of followings you can have. I mean, you, if you people look at people like Nick Giovanni and Luca, they have, you know, Luca has 2.2 million followers, I think. Uh, and he's relatively new to that. I think Nick Giovanni has just shy of 2 million. This new girl, Livia, has 2 million. Uh, you know, Grossi Pelosi. It's, you know, and these are, you, you can really make good money doing this. And I think that's what they have found. And that's what people are trying to capture right now. And I feel like the cool thing about them is, the way a lot of them do their content, like, I feel like growing up, like, a lot of the shows, chef shows and stuff that we watched, it kind of seemed unattainable by how, like, skillful they cooked. And then late 2000s, we got into, like, the top chefs, where it was a little bit more, like, okay, like, I could be a top chef. And then now it's, like, I feel like what the creators have done is they've made it where it seems, like, attainable to kind of be that level of a cook, or even if you're not a good cook, but just how to connect with people and kind of bringing the food back to what the center of it. And yeah, most really of them are not, most of them are, yeah. you know, are not classically trained. It just, um, you know, they just like to cook, uh, you know, it's QCP, you know, uh, Gianluca, it's QCP. I, I think he has a culinary background. Um, Nick Giovanni didn't go to culinary school, uh, but you know, is self-taught and, you know, was obviously on Hell's Kitchen, uh, you know, so a lot of them just have a passion for food, kind of, you know, uh, like a lot of people and never, you know, give people a, 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 an iPhone. They all think they're an influencer. <laughs> and I think I think that's really what the root of it is. Like a lot of people, they aren't like you said, they aren't classically trained or whatnot. So people feel like, oh, like I can just watch like his video on how to make this lobster ravioli or someone's video on this baking thing. And. I can try or make my spin with it. And I feel like that's also what's connected people is even if they can't do it the right way, it's yeah. like they're making their own iteration, which they're able to still connect with. Absolutely. On level. Um, and then like, just from a, from a foodie con standpoint between the one in Miami to New York, cause I, I got to go to the New York one, which was so fun. Like uh, what was like when setting it up, like, was there like a focus, like focusing on certain types of like creators their base like here because I feel like a lot of times like whenever people are doing events in New York, Miami or LA, they try to find ones that like really speak to like the regional foods and the foods in that area. Is that kind of how you all set it up? 
I, I think it's important that we include regional. We, we, we always include somebody local. Um, but I think diversity is more important for me. I, I think being inclusive, uh, I think that's what's important. I just don't need, you know, five guys talking about, you know, really, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, we really look for diversity. So we look for ethnic, ethnicity and diversity and just, you know, people who bring all walks of life to uh, the, uh, to the uh, table. I think that's what's important to me more than anything. And how do you find them? Like, I feel like you guys were on the polls because, like, like I said, now I'm obsessed with all the people that I saw at FoodieCon. So do you guys, like, spend – do you guys, like, have a team that's, like, out searching for the content? Are you searching on, like, TikTok and on the you networks? Know what? Like, Most how do you find of them, them – you know, I follow this guy – what's his name? Uh, God, he's great. And But you know what? He cooks with his pug. His dog. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> and you don't—you never hear his voice. You never hear his voice. It's just him cooking with great music, and he's dancing around. Incredibly good looking. His name is Dan something or other. I have to look at his name. Um, and I just saw him. He—he didn't have a lot. He has like a, maybe a half million followers, but he's relatively new. And his videos are so well done. I don't know how I got to him. I maybe you know if you follow this one, you see that one's name. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and he, he was so funny and so good and looked like he really enjoyed it that I actually just DM'd him on Instagram or uh, yeah, on Instagram and I kind of introduced myself. And, um, you know, I didn't know he was from New Zealand. Oh, um, so I never heard his voice. So I couldn't. You know, I, 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 yeah. There was, you know, had I heard his voice, I would have known he was from some, you know, New Zealand, England or Australia, something like that. And when we spoke, I was like, oh, my God, I had no idea, you know, you were, uh, you know, from New Zealand. And we invited him to South Beach. And I said, hey, listen, we really don't have that type of money to fly people in from uh, New Zealand. He said, don't worry, I'll come. I want to I, I want to come. I don't know all about FoodieCon. And now he's coming. Oh, that's so cool. That's that's so cool. Because I feel like a lot of times like that people don't know how to decipher. They're like, oh, is this person real? Well, like, reaching I, out I, think that's hap- I think that's happened for sure. Uh-huh. But I think, listen, if I got an email like, or DM like that and I get them all the time, I kind of look to see if they're real. So someone who, <laughs> someone who looked would see that it says who I am on my Instagram page. And they, you know, uh, you know, so in that case, but I'm sure people get it and say, you know, who is this nut? But, you know, somebody like Nick Giovanni, that's how I reached, you know, I reached out to Nick. It's QCP the same way. I just reached out to him through DM. Um, Pasta Queen, same exact way. I love her, and I kind of texted her and say, or DM'd her and said same thing. So, you know, uh, because of the festivals, it kind of gave me some credibility, and they kind of all knew about the festival, so we were lucky with that. Because I, because I feel like that's one thing that a question that always comes up with like any type, whether it's music or food, it's like just staying on the cusp of like who's gonna be the new what obsession or who's like because the popularity and stuff changes so fast and a lot of people are like switching to different fields and stuff. So it's like sometimes very hard to figure out where like, Oh, is this someone that is going to be engaged and that people will like, or this is somebody who's on, like you said, on the cusp of like not a lot of viewers right now or not a lot of followers, but well, somebody listen, that's I, I've big. watched people who have did not have a lot of viewers. And then I go back in a few weeks or a few months and it's grown significantly. So, you know, I'm not, uh, I just a judge of what I like, you know, I can't speak for the world, but, you know, you put a, uh, you know, uh, you know, good looking guys and girls on camera, you know, who can cook and are funny and have presence, you know, it's almost sure to do well. Even, you know, it doesn't have to be good looking. It doesn't have to be young, it can be older. And, you know, uh, but uh, I think people, there's something, you know, right away, I can tell in almost a video or two if I, if I, if I'm going to like somebody. 
One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Yeah, and I feel like it's also really important to just reaching where a lot of people are because a lot of people are, like you said, they're finding them uh, people on like Instagram, they're on YouTube and stuff. Like Whenever you guys are marketing these festivals, do you feel like you need to be everywhere on the platforms to really get in front of it like i feel like i found about found out about foodie con on instagram with through an, through instagram versus like i feel like younger people or younger ones might find it on like tiktok or whatever is there like a strategy you all feel to kind of market and really make sure you're it probably should getting be. the <laughs> I'm not on tiktok i've never been on tiktok i wouldn't even know how to do it um oh, what? nope i've never been on tiktok uh uh, you know, I actually have a call at three o'clock today with my team, the Foodicon team. I have to ask them about, uh, you know, in, Instagram, we had a contact there. We had a great uh-huh. contact who handled the like the, the food platform. So we reached them initially, um, you know, but we've had a lot of people reaching out to us now about wanting to get involved, all different platforms. Because I feel like that's the hard part now is the platforms and stuff are changing so fast and people want to make sure their events are getting in, right of the, in front of the right people. So it's kind of like... Do we go like, do we just do out of home stuff or do we do pop ups? Do we do street team? Like, how do we get in front of it? Just it's it's so vast now where I feel like it can be kind of overwhelming. No, it's changing all the time. You know, no question about it. I mean, and then when you speak to somebody like when I sat down with QCP, you know, his people mentioned that he had just filmed with somebody the day before they mentioned the name. And I'd never heard of that person. And I started it's uh, I didn't even know his name, Joe or something. The guy, the Indian guy who cooks from his balcony in New York City. You know who oh, that is? I, yeah, I saw he. Yeah, it's like him. And then um, when he recently went to Italy, he filmed with this other Italian chef. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I know he uh, has glasses. That's not descriptive, but he has glasses. <laughs> I forgot his name, but he has glasses. He's really funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I watched that. Yeah, but you know, like you know, I, I'll talk to Nick and I'll say, hey, who do you think is up and coming? And you know, I also want people who kind of get, we, we think we'll get along without another, you know, everyone's competitive, but, you know, we want it to be a pleasant, fun experience and, you know, obviously informative and, uh, you know, collaborative for our, you know, our, our consumers who are coming. 
And I know you mentioned it earlier, like maybe you would like spin off and like do it in different cities and stuff. Like what makes you decide which cities to kind of put the uh, food festivals in? Is it based off of just like popularity or where a lot of like people are? Like, how do you kind of decide if something's going to be in like Miami, New York? Well, Miami's home. So it was natural to start it here. Mm -hmm. New York was my second home. So natural to start it there. Um, I think if I was going to do a third one, it would probably, you know, uh, I don't know, California, you know, places Mm -hmm. I like and where there's great talent. But I also think we'd probably be incredibly popular in some of these smaller cities where they don't have access, you know, so Mm -hmm. to bring a Rachel or Bobby or Giada or QCP or, you know, Nick to some of these smaller places would probably be a lot of fun as well. No, yeah, because I always I'm always curious about that where people are where sometimes like festivals will put in the typical like New York, LA, Miami, or then they'll throw you a curveball and be like, "We're going to Annapolis, we're going oh. to Detroit," and it's like, "Oh, okay." But like even QCP <laughs> is going to a city. I'm like, "Why did he go there?" Uh, <laughs> but you know what? He it's probably sponsor driven. Probably sponsor. You know, he has a sponsor of it. I think I saw. Uh, but he he's going to like. Miami, I think there's one in New York, or he just did one yeah. in New York, and he went to a city. He's going to a city. I'm like, that's strange, but it has to be sponsor driven, or he has a friend there. Yeah, I feel like that's what it is a lot of times. Like, and I feel like it's like what you said. Like a lot of whenever people are doing these like festivals and stuff, they're like, oh well, you know, like this city's like not as whatever. But I feel like it'll it will touch like that region, whether it's a city in the Midwest or if you bring the right talent and have a great yeah. event, you can sell tickets anywhere. Hmm. And like just speaking, I know you talked about it earlier too, like about like growing for next year and having your call later. But what are some things um, that you're looking that you feel like you want to do differently for FoodieCon in Miami and New York for next year? You know, last year was the first year, and you know, the first year of South Beach, it was far from what I wanted it to be. You know, I think the first year you kind of look at it and say, "Why did you do that?" And then the second year, begin to kind of think of what will be better and new things that you can do. Again, I'm not a content creator, so I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm you know, I have no issue saying that I brought in good people to help me because I wouldn't know what works and I wouldn't know who pairs well together and I wouldn't have these great ideas. And uh, but, you know, I have my ideas and I'm vocal about it and I'm vocal about talent that I want included. And sometimes I'll say, you know, I'll email them and say, hey, what about this person? They said, you don't need another good looking guy. <laughs> uh, yeah so you, you know uh, or you know we need more diversity and i'm always looking for diversity so it's uh you know i i i you know i i, I kind of love exploring new people and again you don't have to have a million followers or a hundred thousand i'd rather find somebody that you know i think is good and give them that opportunity no yeah i feel like a lot of times like people a lot of people are like oh i'll start my channel or i'll start this like once i have this amount of followers and i always tell people i'm like now it's like it's not a numbers game. It's kind of like, can you produce good content and that, can you engage it. with your audience? It's yeah. like, it has nothing to do with a follower account or what uh, brand partnerships you've gotten in the past. It's like, exactly. can you engage with people? <laughs> and speaking of that, like, what are some trends or what are some things that you think we'll see of more in the foodie content space for like 2024? Like, I feel like the tour, I feel like we're seeing the two worst thing of people going on tours. I feel like we're going to definitely see more of and i feel like we're gonna see more even more of the like collabs of the creators and those who aren't in the food space but kind of food adjacent like the one that qcp did with like paris hilton um i feel like we're gonna see more of those like what are some other things that you're noticing well i, I think that paris hilton's a good example paris had a, a line of pots and pans uh mm-hmm. that you know interesting we invited paris to foodie con last year um 
because I knew she was coming out with that Pots and Pans collaboration and it couldn't work and it doesn't work for her this year. I spoke to her last uh, two weeks ago directly about that. She wants to come just, you know, she has these gigs in the Middle East all over Asia. Um, I think collaborations, I think, part, you know, partnerships and collaborations. I think, listen, these guys make money by partnerships. I think you'll see a lot more of that. Uh, and I think younger people, there's this young kid. There were two, you know, at FoodieCon in New York, there were like four young kids. I think Instagram oh. invited them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that um that Q was the Q that, like pitch thingy. Yeah, they did like a pitch thingy, or a, it was like some panel with like four of them. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know what they were doing there, Parker Fisher, or, or, they, and you know what? It's funny because I started following them. You know, these look and they're really good. This guy uh-huh. Keon K I A N, I think is his name, is really good. And you know, we invited him to FoodieCon, but then I kind of said to his manager, I said, you know what? He's too young. I mean, we can't have a thirteen-year-old kid, you know, uh, doing this. He's just not, you know, uh, you know, we can't have. An older person, you know, I, I, it's not it's not their time yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, I love finding new talent and being introduced to new talent. That's the best part of what I do. And I think you brought up a good point. I think we're going to definitely start seeing more and more of the, like, younger ones. Like, as Gen Alpha is starting to get more and more online, I think we're going to start seeing, like, more like the like 13, 14, 15, who are kind of creating their own space and their own little, like, avenue in that realm. A- a- absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And then, like, now since we're into the holidays, um, I want to then go to a fun segment of what are some of your favorite holiday dishes, whether it's for Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. Like, what are some of your favorites? Um, I love Thanksgiving. Um, Actually, it's the first year that I'm not doing Thanksgiving at my house. Um, We're actually doing it at my office because I work in an amazing hospitality center. My office is really an education hospitality center with a beautiful open kitchen, a great outdoor patio. And I always bring in a chef from New York to cook. I don't have the time to cook anymore. And I, <laughs> you're I, like, I'm not dirtying up the kitchen. I'm not doing dishes. I'm not, I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, I haven't done that in years, but um, um, we're actually just doing it at my Winwood office. I have about 35 people coming, you know, mostly family and for all family and friends. And, um, you know, I send the chef the menu, you know, we start doing this like the end of October and, you know, I send my ideas, he sends back his ideas, I correct him, he sends back mine and, you know, we have a great meal um, and they're actually all in the kitchen. There are four guys cooking today, getting ready for my holiday dinner and I am doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> are you are you going to start putting up the tree or the, the, tree. All the holiday decorations? Now, Our holiday or? decorations, our tree is up, it's not decorated. Um, I guess I can tell you also, I don't decorate my own tree. I have a company that comes in, does that also. So <laughs> look, we don't, we don't judge here. It's all of, listen, that still counts as doing the holiday decor in my book. Yeah. I'm Jewish. So I, I shouldn't even do it. Yeah. But my husband's, like, yeah, my husband's not. Um, no, um, I love all the holidays. I love the holiday time. You know, once Thanksgiving gets here, everyone's in a different mode. We're all in a holiday mode and it's like the end of the year already. So, um, you know, I, I love it. But um, normally we're away for New Year's, but um, we're here for Christmas this year. Um, and I'm sure I'll do something. Actually, my closest friends, my four best friends, interestingly enough, my four closest friends are all born within days of one another. Wait, that's hilarious. Um, it's so bizarre because we all knew it. Like we all kind of knew it. And, you know, because um, they're all they're all individual best friends, although they're now all friendly with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to do a party for all my best friends uh, on uh, 
like somewhere in December, like I think December 18th, that's the day. So it's uh, it's so strange that my four closest friends are all uh, December babies. Wait, that's so, I mean, I'm a December baby too, so I'm a little biased. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, and also that's like around the time of Miami Art Week. So that'll yeah, be like ba- a fun coming up. I think Basel starts on the 2nd or 3rd of December. and uh, No, uh, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 4th of December. Um, so it's a crazy time of year, and I'm excited. I've been involved in Basel since it started in Miami. Basel is the same age as the South Beach Festival. Oh, my goodness. So, Look at that. Yeah, at so that. Uh, we kind of grew up together here. So I, my favorite time of year is Art Basel after the festival. Now, what do you have, like, a favorite, like, outing? Now that we're – because I love art, so I'm going down this rabbit hole. Or do you have a favorite outing, like, thing? I know when I used to go to Beth, I used to love the – they used to do something over in the design district. Like they would do a lot of, like, I remember one year, like the Prada family came um, and they did like a huge, like little party over there. And then the restaurants will sometimes like do select fun menus and things. Oh, everything. The whole town is, yeah. The whole town. It's, 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 it's yeah. K and the traffic. Is yeah. I mean, I only, I only collect photography. So we tend to go to photography fairs. Um, and we also tend to do it like on the first day before it gets too crowded, like it's collector's day when collectors have early access. And after that, you know, most people's idea of Basel is all these parties, but that's not Basel. Yeah. You know, Basel is you know, the art, uh, which believe me, I love the parties, but you know, <laughs> I have friends coming down who say they're going to Basel. I'm like, Oh, great. And they're like, just going to parties. You know, they're going to a Montclair party or an Hermes party. I'm like, that's not Basel. Exactly. Yeah. No, I used to have, yeah, I used to, cause I used to be the one that I would go to the convention center. Like, yeah. You know, well, that's that it. Whole the thing. Yeah. What Basel was year one. That was our Basel. And then like, people are like, oh yeah, I'm going to so-and-so's party in Wynwood. And I'm like, um, that's not really yeah. Basel. Or... No, I'd love to hear people saying they're Baseling or whatever they were <laughs> saying. I'm like, really? Not, you know. I'm like, I'm like, all right. I'm like, all right. I'm like, sure, Jan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> Um, and then to, to wrap us up for all those who are listening that were like, oh, Lee, cool, love that, um, that want to do like, that are doing food things that want to work with creators. Like, is there advice that you would give them who, for brands and people who are listening in the food space that want to work wor- more with creators or try to grow their creative arm when working with? You know, I, I would say, listen, uh, you know, they're all pretty responsive. I mean, I think if you're f- fans of one of them, whoever it may be, you know, reach out to them and tell them you like them or follow them or go see them when they're coming to town or get that cookbook and go to a book tour at your or a book signing. I think that's what's really great. Um, I think these people are really approachable. You know, it's how they, again, how they make their living. So, uh, you know, I've never wanted to one, really, I've never run into one that wasn't approachable. No, that's true. I feel a lot of people are like, oh, what if they, I'm like, you already have nothing to lose. You might as well just send the DM, send the email. Exactly. I'm like, you have nothing to lose. If they get back to you, cool. If they don't, like, you know, it's fine. <laughs> Almost always. And, you know, the bigger celebrities, the big stars now all have managers and their emails go to the managers. But almost always I hear back from somebody. And everybody has their email pretty much in the bios. And I feel like a lot of people forget that. So I'm like literally just highlight that bio at the top and that's going to be their manager. And Absolutely. Yeah, that's how I reach out to everyone. Yeah. yeah. I don't know them exactly how I reach out to anyone. But no, that sounds good. But Lee, thank you so much. This was, I honestly could talk to you like for the rest of the day. <laughs> this is so fun. Um, thank you so much for joining us today and being Have here. Have a nice holiday, Colin. It's great to see you. Wow, how great was this episode? If you were like me, you probably took a lot of notes and have a lot of questions and comments. So if you do, feel free to add us at Adweek across Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. 
And we'd love to hear from you all. And feel free to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That always helps us. And we can't wait to hear from you all and see you in the next episode. So bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Young Influentials, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Aarons, and edited by Lane McGibney at Bountwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.